0: welcome to the shakeout podcast i'm your host kate van buskirk each week canadian running staff writer maddie kelly and i bring you the news results and drama from the exciting world of running this is the rundown Oh, Maddie, what a weekend it was. Oh,
1: my gosh. Kate, what an early morning, but what a race.
0: (laughs) So, of course, we are referring primarily to the London Marathon, which took place yesterday, Sunday, October 4th, in very wet, rainy conditions. Did not look very fun out there, but how cool was it to be able to watch an elite marathon take place for the first time in so many months? It was so fun. I haven't been that excited to wake up at two forty-five in a while. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a li- I was thinking about how people across the country would have had to get up at you know ungodly hours. But then I was thinking, if you lived on the west, if you live on the west coast of Canada, it, you really just stayed up late. Like it would have started at honestly eleven forty-five, which isn't terrible on a. On a Saturday
1: night I would have totally taken the west coast time shift And like you would just have gone to bed really late But it would have kind of been like you had fun at the bar Yeah like, exactly like, Especially like if you decided to drink while watching this race Yeah you race. could have done both Yeah you could have cracked a cold one Stayed up till you know 3.30 And then just had a really good sleep in But instead yeah. I had like a weird Like a nap Yeah From like 11 No I went to bed more like 10 like 10.30 I was anticipating this wake up But I had like a weird four hour nap and then I was awake for four and a half hours. And then I had like a weird two hour nap. Right. And then I, I just pushed through and lived my day. And I went to bed at 930 last night. Nice. But that's what happens when
0: yeah. you're awake for four hours yeah. of your sleep. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, I, I think that would be really good training in your nervous system, like stimulus, because you'd have to like keep it really quiet to go to sleep. And then it would just be jacked up watching these awesome races. And then it's like, turn it off to go back to sleep.
1: I was pretty proud of my body. It, it handled all of the stimulus change pretty well. Uh, I really wanted a coffee, but I knew mm. if I had a coffee, that was also, I felt like it always, coffee makes me hungry. Like I hate the feeling of coffee on an empty stomach. Yeah. Um. So I didn't, I just made an herbal tea, but it doesn't, you know, oh. but I drank like three herbal teas in the <laughs> space of that four hours because I was just hoping it would make my brain feel less foggy. Right, it wasn't. right.
0: Yeah. The battles you go to to get good coverage of these races. Anyway, Sarah Hall made it all worth it. No kidding. All right. So just a quick recap. The women's race went off at 2.45 Eastern time. Uh, The men's race went off a couple hours later. And then there was the wheelchair race. So the three different events going on. It was a very small loop course. I think there were, it was 19.6 loops or something like that, that these people had to run in these terrible conditions. It was precisely 19.6 loops. There you go. (laughs) My memory is better than I anticipated. In any case, we've got a lot to cover. So let's start with that women's race, because as Maddie said, it was a real snooze fest until it wasn't.
1: Yeah. So I was sort of watching it and I'm thinking like, man, I can't believe it's three. So at this point, I'd also gone to that. We had some leftover cake. Mm. So I was um, having cake and tea at 3.30 in the dark on my couch by myself. And I was like, this is so strange. And I was like, and also, this race kind of whops. Yeah. Like, there's, like, <laughs> like, like, not much has happened yet. And then Sarah freaking Hall made it all worth it when, like, the commentators are saying with 3K to go. So for context, if anyone didn't watch it, Sarah was in third for a really – she was in fourth for a really long time. She made her way up to third, but they were saying, like, there's no way – she can catch Ruth Cheppingic. Like it's just like it's too far gone. This is a this is, you know, sign, sealed, delivered. It'll be cause guy Chepping and, and then um Hall. And Sarah freaking Hall with like 1K to go is gaining, but they're still saying she won't do it. She can't do it. She can't get second. And then with 400 meters to go, she launches what is a full on sprint and literally claims second with like 25 meters to the line. It was like a 1500 meter finish, but it was a freaking marathon. And it was so exciting. And it is the first time in decades since an American woman has been in the top three at the London Marathon. That was so, so thrilling. It was just so thrilling, and also to just like she runs a PB. She almost ran um, sub two twenty two. Sub two twenty two. She ran two twenty two oh one. <laughs> but she fought
0: for every second of that race,
1: and that race must have been such an emotional battle because the weather was crap, and you have no feedback right. from fans. Right? Like there, like the energy. This sounds sort of like lame and feng shui but the energy of a race matters. Like, Absolutely. It can make a world of difference. Yep. And there was none Nothing. there. Yep, And it was nine degrees and raining. Right. So it would not have been easy to stay motivated throughout that. No. So, I mean, kudos to all those women who ran and men, super, super gritty. Um, but yeah, Sarah Hall made – every minute of that wake up worth it.
0: This is a lesson in it is not over till it's over. It is not freaking over till it's over. Anything can happen. And I mean, I think it was pretty clear by about two thirds, three quarters of the way through that Cosguy was going to win. She had, they, they had kind of run together for quite a while, about three quarters of the way through. She had broken away. Cosguy ended up winning pretty easily in 2.18.58. So then, as you said, the race was on for second and third. Um, but it yeah, to your point, it would have been so easy for Sarah to just say, third place is great. That in itself would have been is really awesome. Good. Can you imagine how easy it would have been to drop out of that race? Oh, to be yeah. like, it's wet,
1: I'm cold, this sucks. Like yeah. nothing about that race other than the fact that it was like the best event we've been able to do during COVID, mm-hmm. like that race in any other time, take away the pandemic we're living in. No one would sign up. No. They no. would say, no freaking thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> but now this is the best they've got. Right. So, absolutely. They're ma- so they're making lemonade. But like what I'm saying is, if someone was like, no, take me out. I regret my decision.
0: Yeah. I would have understood. Well, totally. Totally. No, it was, there were some thrilling results. Um, yeah. Like all the way through. Molly Seidel, speaking of American women, also an amazing performance. She ran a massive PB of 225. 13. Her old PB was two twenty seven thirty one. But remember, guys, this is only her second marathon of her life. Her first one being when she qualified for the Olympic Games at the U.S. Olympic Trials back in March. Well, and I really, February.
1: I really like this Molly story because whenever someone has a totally out of the box performance, there are always some naysayers who are like fluke, right? You know? won't happen again. First timers' luck, exactly. Yeah. This ain't no fluke, ladies and gentlemen. Molly's an amazing marathoner, which I really, really like because I think, you know, I'm sure you've had it said about you before. I sure as hell know I've had it said Mm -hmm. about me. And then there's this little thing that burns inside of you. It's like, I'll freaking show you this wasn't a fluke. And I love that Molly did it. And she's she has every single right. She already had every right to be on that Olympic team, but this result is just one more, you know, vote of confidence that Molly is a hundred percent ready to race an Olympic marathon.
0: Well, and weirdly, this was kind of her her first like international marathon because if her only other one was the U S Olympic trials. Yeah. This shows that she placed sixth in this very deep field showing that she can hang with some of the best women in the world Mm -hmm. and she's only going to keep improving. I know she could lob off, you know, minutes more. So this is really really exciting. Well,
1: in the, for the end, marathon,
0: she's also quite young. Yeah, that's true. She's
1: 27?
0: Mhm. But she could continue to improve handsomely over the next little while. So way to go all the women um, in the London Marathon, but especially our American friends Sarah Hall and Molly Sadell. And then there were the men, and this mm-hmm. is where things got exciting for the Canadians.
1: So, both Tristan Woodfine and Cam Levins declared shape of their life before this race. Yeah. And I was kind of calling Canadian record. You were. Because when two people, when two Canadians show up and say they're in the shape of their life and they are fully confident in Olympic standard. And and one of them is the Canadian record holder. And one of them is the Canadian record holder. You go, all right, well, you know. Let's Let's see. Let's wake up and watch a Canadian record go down. Anyway, that was not what happened, but nevertheless, Tristan Woodfine was able to secure Olympic standard, finish fourteenth place in two ten fifty-one, running a perfect marathon. Almost so his split. He had a 12-second positive split. He ran a 105 half marathon
0: followed by a 105 half marathon. and So smart. So smart. And smooth and steady and just like mature. I mean, we've seen him improve in huge leaps and bounds over the last few years. So last year at the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon, he ran a a two-and-a-half-minute PB of Mm 213.16. And then he shows up in London – a year later, almost exactly a year later, and runs another two minute personal best, running that two ten fifty one a full forty seconds under Olympic standard. So it shows that his maturity is paying off. Well, and I would also like to point something out about our Canadian marathon team. We
1: are seeing a real changing of the guard in Canadian running right now. Totally. Like Dana, Trevor, and Tristan, and probably Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Like Is that two years ago who you would have guessed? And Emily Setlack. And Emily Setlack. Would you have guessed any of those people were on the Canadian marathon team? No. No way. Absolutely no way. No. And that's who it is
0: right now. Or who's in contention. Right. Who's in contention. Yeah. Well, Melindy. And Melindy. Melindy wasn't even on our radar.
1: I remember in 2018, I texted my boyfriend after Houston, where she first ran. And I said, have you heard of Melindy Elmore? And he was like. You dodo bird, Google her name, and then I realized that she'd run a 401 1500 It was sixteen just, years ago. Yeah, it was like it was before my you know time. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, I like, shoot, I guess I should have heard of Melinda Elmore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like yeah, she wasn't even running. No, she was doing triathlon for fun and having babies. Yeah, like obviously training really hard. But right. anyway, it's so cool to see completely new names in men's and women's mm-hmm. results. And again, a Canadian ran two ten yesterday, and we're kind of like, "Oh, that's good." Yeah. What we didn't have a Canadian, no, like we didn't have Canadians consistently running two ten ever in our history, mm-hmm.
0: ever. No, I mean we were just talking about this, and and I'm going to preface what I'm about to say by saying that Eric Gillis and Reed Coolset really did a huge amount of work to pave the path for what our current Canadian marathoners, especially on the men's side, are able to do now, but. Like it was only a few years ago when they were kind of running around that two eleven mark and everyone was kind of going crazy for it. Like out of their minds, this is so fast We're you know, we haven't seen this before and it was true. We hadn't, but you compare that to only a couple of years later, we've got two men under 210. We've got a bunch more knocking on the door. It's, it's thrilling. It's an exciting time to be a Canadian runner. It sure is. Well, speaking of Mr. Cam Levins, our, current Canadian record holder we have yet to talk to him so just putting that out there we don't have all the details yet but unfortunately we do know that Cam ended up dropping out somewhere between 38 and 40k
1: and when you drop out of a marathon that close to the finish line I'm going to hazard a guess that something went quite wrong Mm -hmm. um hopefully he's not too hurt and he will be okay again we're not sure yet but um it was not Cam's day on Sunday Despite being very confident heading in.
0: Right. Yeah. Real disappointing. Like you said, mm-hmm. he, he must have he must have thought he had at least a shot of running something decent to have stayed in it that long. Mm-hmm. But um, from accounts I heard from fairly reputable sources, it sounds like he had slowed to a walk at one point and then just had to kind of pull the plug. So we will bring you more details as we get them from Mr. Levins. But uh, disappointing day and we hope he's all right. But there was some exciting action in more than just the Canadians because up front, of course, everyone had gone into this race thinking it's going to be the Kipchoge-Bikele showdown. Bikele pulled out less than On a week before. Friday. Yeah, two and days like, before. Yeah, under 48 hours before. Which totally threw a wrench in all of the storylines. And then everyone was like, okay, now it's going to be Kipchoge for the win. Like, hands down, no questions asked. He came 8th. Um, yeah, he came eighth and ran 206, a personal worst. Other than when he won in Rio. Okay, when we, he won we, in Rio, he ran we, 208. Yeah, but we don't count being the Olympic no, champion. No. That's, that's a chess match. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a chess a match. Race, yeah, not yeah. a race.
1: Um, it is honestly like you never, and I'm not celebrating someone's failure, but it is. I think it's important like he's he's moral he's human he's human like I like of course he was held to an insane standard Mm. of course he couldn't win every race forever No, there was gonna be a day when he didn't and and we found it we found it we watched it we saw it 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 yesterday yeah (laughs) um and so you know well it's well it's disappointing because we all like him so much and root for him it's also just part of it everyone has a bad day
0: yeah and it allowed for other really cool storylines to emerge. And in fact, it made like the the front was very exciting because there was a big pack of guys together for pretty much the entire race. And it came down to a sprint finish between the top three. And I think there was only four seconds separating the top three with Shora Katata taking the victory. And then, of course, there was the wheelchair division. And again, incredible Canadian storyline. Brent Lakatos, who is relatively new to the marathon distance, He has a great background as a sprinter and sort of a mid-distance athlete on the track, multiple-time Olympic champion, Canadian record holder, ended up winning the London Marathon. And it came down to a sprint. So it really took him digging into all that past experience as a sprinter to be able to, to cinch this victory. Because we talked about how there was only four seconds that separated the top three men in the running division. There were only six seconds separating the top six in the wheelchair division. So, all sick, and it, it took until the very last lap, the last half of the last lap, I believe, for Brent to start pulling away a little bit. But he had to fight and he, he ended up winning. And then, again, unfortunately, Josh Cassidy, who was our other Canadian wheelchair athlete, was supposed to race, but apparently he had some issues with some of his equipment and wasn't able to get that all worked out ahead of time. So, he had to pull out. And in fact, he, um, a decade ago, won the London Marathon back in 2010. And so, 10 years later, we have another Canadian winning.
1: Some Canadian marathon results. You heard that right. A Canadian marathon. The fastest fun marathon ran in Waterloo over the weekend. 16 entrants and 10 finishers. That's not a great ratio.
0: (laughs) Well, I think a lot of them were pacers. Because several of the DNFs, we we know were there to to pace for at least part of it. Because when you only have 16 people, you can't rely on a pack. Because that was across men and women. So... Yeah, I do I do think from looking at the results that a number of them were pacers. But yeah. So there were only ten finishers. Um, but there were there was at least one person who was very happy with his result.
1: So Chris Palestrini, won in 21705, and he ran a four second negative split.
0: Yeah, we mentioned that with Tristan, how he ran an almost perfectly timed race. Chris, you can't get much closer than what Chris Palestrini did.
1: No. Over a two-minute PB, too. Yeah. It's a 10 out of 10 day. However, for Melanie Moran, who won the women's event in 238.14, it would have been a bit of a disappointing day because she
0: thought she was in shape to run under 230. Right. And just, again, for the record, Olympic standard is 229.30, and that was what she went into this race hoping for. Um, this hadn't occurred to me, but it makes sense that this actually would not have qualified her for the Olympics because it is not an official race given that there was not any doping control at the event. So even if she had run under Olympic standard, it would not have gotten her on the team. Mm -hmm. But really cool that she set this goal for herself of saying, I just want to be able to prove to myself that I can do it. Mm -hmm. Whether I end up on an Olympic start line or not is kind of a separate question. She doesn't
1: even really seem to care if she gets to an (laughs) Olympic start line. She's just like, I think I'm this fit.
0: And that's a nice round number to shoot for. So that's what we'll shoot for. Totally. And she ended up falling quite short of that running 238.14. But again, just not her day. And she readjusted. She knew halfway through that she wasn't going to hit it based on her split. And she said, all right, let's try to run sub 240. Because, you know, again, I think some people would have just dropped out if they didn't think they were going to hit the goal. Maybe they want to see if they can get after it another time. Mm -hmm. Two things there. One, who knows when the next one's going to be. So you have this opportunity in front of you, you may as well take it. And two, good for her for just kind of readjusting the goals and not letting it freak her out and still getting the job done and calling it a good day. Mm -hmm. I do just want to make a note about Chris as well, though, because just to add to how impressive his result was, not only was this over a two minute PB, but he from 24K on was running by himself. Because Phil perot who was just added to the Canadian team for the World Half Marathon Championships, is one of Chris's training partners, Mm. and Phil paced Chris for the first half, but from that point on, Chris was flying solo. So to run the better part of a half marathon in your marathon by yourself and still run a two and a half minute PB, pretty impressive. Pretty good. We'll give it to him. Yeah. Moving on to some trail news, there was a new 48-hour American record set over the weekend by Marissa Lizak at the Three Days at the Fair event. Super cute name. Super cute name. And this isn't a women's record. No. This is an overall record. Really amazing. So it was previously held by Bob Hearn. And (laughs) the previous record was 390 kilometers in 48 hours. Stunning. Marissa ran 391.87 kilometers, so 1.87 K over the old record in 48 hours. That's pretty tight.
1: That sounds straight up grueling. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and the big storyline coming into this race was all eyes were on. This was kind of the weekend of upsets in a way. Yeah. All eyes were on Camille Heron. Right. And I think, uh, unfortunately, Ms. Heron had to drop out um, after about 170 K. But that left the door wide open for other people to come in and show their stuff. And Marissa Lizak did it. In some upcoming news, the fields
1: have been announced for the Valencia full and half on December 6th. And they are strong. There are 10 men who have PBs of under an hour and a half, which is, you know, nice. And then several sub-220 women, plus Jordan Hesse, who has a PB of 220.57, and Jocelyn who has who is a 2019 NYC winner. So that's a stacked ladies field. And Frigg, I would like Jordan to say to run the American Marathon record. She's been talking about it, you know, for three years. But yeah, I hope she can do it because she's been talking about it for a very long time. And I would like to see her actualize that goal.
0: Well, and I think she's probably looking for a little redemption after the U.S. marathon trials where things did not go to plan for her. Or Chicago last or year. Chicago.
1: She hasn't had a good race in a long time, actually. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, when your coach gets kicked out of the sport and your uh, group gets um, dropped by its sponsor and shut down, like it's been a – and then there's a pandemic. and Right. It's been a she's tough, had some hurdles. Yeah, it's been a tough
0: year. Yeah, for sure. But it would be great to see her come back on December 6th and uh, show us all what she's made of. Other things to look forward to, this coming Thursday, October 8th, is the NN Valencia World Record Day on Thursday, and this is where Joshua Cheptegei is going to attempt to break Kenanisa Bekele's 10,000-meter world record set 15 years ago in 2617. That is a fast world record. No wonder no one's touched it in 15 years. But we have it on good authority. That it is getting smashed. Well, guy has already proven himself <laughs> multiple times over this year. So if he can keep this energy going, keep this mojo going, he's, I think, going to give us something to be dazzled with. Razzle dazzle. Razzle dazzle. But he will not be wearing one of the many shoes that are now coming out that are not compliant with World Athletics rules. Tell us about this, Maddie. This is interesting that companies are choosing to do this.
1: So, Kate let me tell you a little something, something. I was testing a pair of shoes recently and I was wearing them and thinking, whoa, mama, these are tall. And like most shoes are tall these days. Anyway, I was thinking these were like tall, tall, like roll your ankle kind of tall. And I asked about the stats in the stack. height was 42 millimeters. And I said, that's not world athletics compliant. And they said, no problem. They're training shoes, not racing shoes. And I said, interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I was on the phone with another shoe company who said they, in spring 2021, they're coming out with a shoe also with a stack height over 40 millimeters. Again, training shoe, not a racing shoe. So I think when World Athletics put out these rules saying that you could not race on the road in a shoe higher than 40 millimeters, they kind of thought, great, we stopped them. But there's nothing about training because you can't enforce training rules. Oh, of course not. So companies are starting to make training shoes that exceed the 40 millimeter stack height limit, I assume, because the cushioning is superior for runners' legs, and they can probably train more consistently and injury-free because they're less beat up after a session because they're running on uh, fast marshmallows. Right. <laughs> so anyway, just you know, be careful going forward when you're buying racing shoes because, I mean, the, the first shoe I tried was the Nike Tempo Next Percent which before I learned this about the stack height, I would have absolutely said race in the shoe. If you're Mm. looking for like a budget alpha fly. Right. You know, But it's totally compliant But it's non-compliant. Actually, Hmm. weird enough, the men's shoe is compliant. Men's stack height is 40, women's stack height is 42. Interesting. So you can race, you could buy a small size of the men's shoe. And race in it. And race in it, but you can't with the women's. Huh, that is very interesting. And the other shoe will be a new balance shoe. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming both their men's and women's stock height will be over forty.
0: Right. Fascinating stuff.
1: Anyway, that's, uh, that
0: this has been your Maddie shoe nerd
1: out of the day. I know I've come a long way. Yeah. I used to literally go, I was the worst because I've also worked in shoe retail. So I know what being the worst is yeah. because I worked at, you've also, oh, you yes. were a running room employee.
0: I was also before that, not to knock them because they're a, you know, a great Canadian store, but I was also a sport check employee. Mm. And let me tell you, people <laughs> who come into sport check are, and buy running shoes are not always runners. At least at the running room, they're often runners coming in. Yeah, I was working at a run specialty, so I th- they were almost always runners. Yeah,
1: but honestly, I kind of liked the people who weren't better, like the ladies who came in and were like, I'm "I want the here, prettiest one." I want the prettiest one. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I get it." Yeah, I used to do that too. And then if I would say, "Are you a runner?" and they would go, "Like, no, not really," I go to the gym, and I'd be like, "Even better." Yeah, because if they were a runner, then you'd have to have the talk battle out about about like you know, no, you can't wear spikes on the treadmill. Right. No, like, yeah. <laughs> but if the person was, you know, just looking for a com- like a, you know, a structurally sound shoe to wear to the gym, they could
0: mm-hmm. really buy whatever they wanted. Right. And so then it was just fun helping people pick out like cute shoes and clothes to go with it. So you became less of a running shoe specialist and more of a personal shopper at that point. 100%. Nice. No, we
1: would when we had that kind of a person come in because um, I met my boyfriend working there and he's a big shoe nerd nerd in general and so when we got a very technical person I'd be like you Jeremy's going to help you. <laughs> and then if he was talking to, you know, a person who was more interested in the look, he'd be like let me get my colleague Maddie. <laughs> but look who's the nerd now, folks. Yeah, there you go.
0: Anything exciting going on in your life, upcoming or over the weekend? Miss Madeline Kelly. I'm doing a track workout tonight. Oh, that is exciting. Yeah. Cool. Do you know what it is? Uh-huh. Do you want to share with the class? Sure.
1: Two sets up. One kilometer, 800 meters, 600 meters, 400 meters. Ooh, do it again. I don't know paces. I don't know rest. Okay, which
0: means it can really change. <laughs> yeah, those two things change everything, right? Um,
1: but yeah, that's what I'm doing.
0: Now. I like when the uh, when the ladders descend. Oh yeah, the, the ascending ladders are no, awful. Boy, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no. Oh, you can tell that we're uh, mid-distance runners. Well, that's fun. Do you have anything exciting coming up? We're. Less than a week away from Canadian Thanksgiving. Mm. That's lovely. Mm. I'm a big Thanksgiving fan. Me too. The leaves, at least in Southern Ontario, have been beautiful. Went for a hike over the weekend, thoroughly enjoyed that along the Niagara Escarpment. And that actually segues well into a little plug that I'm going to give for our upcoming episode later this week with John Pockler, who just set the new Fastest Known Time, or FKT, on the Bruce Trail, which runs from Tobermory, Ontario, to Niagara, Um, and that was a really fun interview. So tune in listeners later this week for that interview, uh, and consider getting out for a trail run or a hike. If you also have beautiful weather and leaves to look at. Good luck in your track workout tonight, Maddie. Thank you very much, Kate. I will report back. Please do. With success or failure. (laughs) And in the meantime, for your week in review, I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. We'll do it all again next week.